Hey, welcome to The Weekly, where we discuss what happened in our weekend services and try to connect that to your real life lived Monday through Friday. I'm one of your hosts, Thomas, with my good friend, Jay Ewing. That was one of the best intros you've ever done, Thomas <laughs> Milburn. Thanks, man. Well done, Thanks. my we friend. Put that, in the, put that in the archives. We're on episode 18, by the way. We've done 18 episodes. Does it feel like 400? It feels like 400 episodes. <laughs> but today is a unique episode where we're going to put two things together for the very first time. What are those two things? <laughs> Which is... I'm really interested in what we're putting together. Our quasi-junior varsity food podcast. Yes. And what we discussed on Sunday morning, which was Jesus saying, I am the bread of life. Because you, as you know, in our 18 episodes, we talk a lot about food. We love food. I love food. We do love food. We're two guys who really like food. What was the best thing you ate this week? Okay. King Supers had a, a sell on a ribeye when I walked by on Friday and I was like, Yes, please. Oh, so man. I grilled out a ribeye on the weekend. So was it in sale like in that bargain bin on the left side? Oh, totally. <laughs> <laughs> I, I frequent the bargain bin. Yes. Where I'm just looking for meat that's less brown. So Saturday night, I'm out there. It's snowing. The grill's on. I'm like out there with a flashlight because it's dark. You know, it's like 6 p.m. It's, it's like it's like Russia. I have always said Colorado is like <laughs> Russia in January and February. That's when our Netflix accounts go skyrocketing. And we all get a little depressed oh unless you're gosh. skiing. Right? I don't know. Unlike Russia, <laughs> we have bread. We do have bread. And this week, so Pastor Tom yeah. and I were talking about things that I like to eat. And he said at one of their uh, meals over the Christmas holiday yeah. with family, he went to a new bakery in town. This was new to him or new to us. I don't know. Right. And he, he lives in the Longmar region. Yes, A little he does. different from Erie, Colorado. True. And it was the best bread line out the door. So I had to get the, the address. It's yeah. a place called Bobettes or Babettes. Yes. And it is amazing. So, I took the kids on Thursday for the okay. first for the first time I went there. Yeah. I think we went there four times this weekend. You you drove or to three, Lama? three times. Three times. To, to, yeah. Wow. That's so for different reasons. So we yeah. had to drop off some meals for some families that we were cooking for. Yeah. And I wanted to add some really good bread. So I went to this place, Babettes, and Full confession. <laughs> <laughs> well, watch out. Pay attention. I'm glad the theme music's in, gone. In the last five, four days, yeah. my family and I have consumed five loaves of bread, three sourdough loaves, four croissants, four muffins, and a lemon loaf. <laughs> so what are you doing tomorrow? Are you just eating fruit and vegetables? No, I'm carb loading because I'm yeah. going to go for a walk tomorrow. <laughs> That's so good, man. That's a lot of bread. I think I had that right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like four baguettes, five baguettes. I don't know. The, the I'm baguettes sure your are, wife will listen and rebuttal oh you later this week. Yeah. Like she rebuttals me. My wife it's, rebuttals <laughs> me. She's like, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, sorry, babe. So good. So Babette's in Longmont. Uh, there are more expensive loaves. Yeah. I did not partake. There are cheaper loaves, as you can tell, since I eat out of the bargain bin of meat. Yeah, you do. Sometimes. Yes. So, anyway, bread is so good. It is so good. You know, it's, in 2020, in January yeah. 2020, as a New Year's resolution, I declared it the year of the carb mm. to learn how to make bread. Now, boy, did I not know what was ahead of me and how I did not need to eat bread in 2020. Do you, do you feel like after a year of making bread, right. you could confidently make a loaf of bread to bring to the Christmas Eve dinner? No way, my friend. Oh, okay. The, bread it has so many like spiritual life implications and just regular life implications. Like 
it is way harder to do that and be a master bread maker than you think it is. I, I, you know, I'm not that great at making bread. Yeah. I've tried several times. I'm pretty good at making toast. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm really good at making cinnamon toast crunch at night after dinner for my snack. About as far as it goes. All right. Yeah, yeah. But we're talking about bread, and Jesus makes this statement that Pastor Tom unpacked in our series of the I Am Statements of Jesus in the book of John, where he says, I am the bread of life. Right. And this has wide implications and fulfillments of what Jesus is talking about. Yeah, and as you know about the I Am Statements, they are... Some of the simplest statements Jesus made and some of the most complex in the sense of what did he really mean? Yeah. All right, so here's a, here's a recommendation. We're trying to make things as, as applicable as possible on our weekly podcast. Right. So we've given you kind of a, an outlook of how to read through the book of John, looking for different themes, asking who does Jesus say that he is, who does he say I am. Um, here's another way to read the I am statements, and this comes from another theologian who's way smarter than me. He simply says, when you read the I am statements, like you're saying, they are clear, they're concise, they're beautiful, but read them broader and older. Meaning, John is taking Jesus' statements and he's putting them in accompaniment of a narrative of a a miracle that just happened, a story, a teaching that then fulfills or points to the fulfillment of his miracle in these statements. So, Don't just read the statement, read a chapter and a half before or a chapter after and find the context of his I am statement. And within that context, we see that Jesus had just done a great miracle of feeding 5,000 people with bread. And then he makes this profound statement as the crowds come to him asking for more bread. He says, well, I am the bread of life. And if you eat me and drink my blood and feast on my flesh, you're never going to hunger and thirst again. Yeah. That's really I good. am the bread of life. And now, that's the broader context. What's the older context, Jay? The older context is bread was really important in the Exodus story, the people of God. In fact, there was a piece of bread. Did you know this there was a piece of bread that God commanded Israel to put in the Ark of the Covenant, the manna? The manna. So that they would remember this story of the time they were in the wilderness and God fed them throughout the wilderness every day except he gave a double portion on Friday so they wouldn't show up on Saturday. Do you think everyone just gathered enough on Friday? No way, man. Every, everyone missed that email, okay? Everyone missed that update. Oh, man, when you read the Exodus story and you just find yourself in it where Moses is trying to set up the Sabbath for people to recognize that God give, gives this to humans as a gift. Right. So collect, oh, just by the way, so that you can rest tomorrow, just grab a double portion. And then people on Saturday, what do they do? They go out there. They go, <laughs> like, where's our bread? You're like, guys, read your emails, okay? This is a status update that the, you can't, yeah. Or seriously. the opposite, like they, there's the good old American. It's like, I have made this way more efficient. I have, I have created enough bread that I no longer have to go out for the next four months. Yeah. And the next day they find meal worms in it. Their like, worms like, no. So, but that's, that's, that's an older connection, which Jesus is trying to talk about. I am the bread of life. And he's connecting it with the manna they had that was provided every single day for their nourishment. Yeah. And if you don't know what that story is, it's in Exodus 16. So maybe this week you can pause and read Exodus 16 and sort of find yourself in that text and understand what Jesus is trying to say in John 6. All right. So Jesus, in our older and broader reading, says, I'm the bread of life. And he connects this with the wilderness story saying, the Father sent down manna from heaven. He has sent me down. And then he takes a parallel from a 
physical principle. You need bread every single day. You need food every day. It's essential for your life to a spiritual principle of I am the true bread that has come down that you need to take to your life, consume. You receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and then you feast on his words every single day so that a spiritual hunger will be completely satisfied and there won't be any remaining works for you to be made right with God. Yeah, that's exactly what he's trying to say. And though it's pretty hard, it's pretty complex. Like how does that really, like you're, you're a person who reads the Bible today and you're a person who reads tomorrow. You're like, did it really satisfy me? Like was it true what Jesus said that this would satisfy me? Like does that make sense? Yeah, I think you know, you're coming to it every single day because you want to eat his words every day. I think what Jesus is talking about here is this spiritual principle that you and I were talking about as connection with the Beatitudes, right? So in Matthew, right. he says, blessed is the person who actually has a hunger Hungers and a thirst, and thirst after. for righteousness. Yeah, righteousness. Which is so great. Like you think about January, every single calendar year, the American is probably thinking, how do I curb my appetite? Yeah. How do I get rid of calories? You know, you're trying to do some weight loss program. Right. And Jesus says, you are blessed if you have a hungry appetite for spiritual things, for, for righteousness, because you'll be satisfied when you come to me because I'm going to give you this bread, a spiritual bread, that is a finished, complete work that you don't have to continue to wonder, am I right with God? Right. Am I going to be okay with God tomorrow? Do, did I do enough good to be right with God? And he says, no, you feast on me, and my finished, perfect work will become your righteous. Blessed are you who hunger and thirst and come feed on me because you'll be satisfied. Yeah, and the the encouragement for us is that even today, our our need today is that we would look to Christ to meet all of our needs, to satisfy all the worries we have, all the doubts we have, all the troubles that we have, all those great things too we have that Jesus would come and meet those deepest needs. All right, there's two, so John's all about themes. He's connecting things of word and light and shepherds. I mean, this is all themes of Israel from Old Testament to New Testament fulfilled in Jesus. Yeah. With the bread specifically, we noticed maybe a couple more in the book of John, one that comes prior in a temptation and one that comes later at a supper. Do you What, what are those two and what kind of connections do you see with them? Well, if, if you read John over and over again, you get these sort of these words that always stick out to you, like light, bread, blood, water, sheep and so what john's trying to do is connect all these like metaphors and point them to point our hearts to christ as the fulfillment of all these things and here in john he's trying to lay the case that yes we do have hunger and yes at the end at the last supper jesus will be the satisfying meal that they will consume the rest of their lives. So it's crazy that at the Last Supper, Jesus, what does he do? He takes a loaf of bread. He breaks it in the sense of giving it to his disciples. Say, take this. This is my body. Yeah. It's given to you. Yeah. And he's like, and do this as long as you're my disciples. As long as you're gathering as the people of God, just eat this because you need to be the physical, the the texture of eating bread every week or whenever you meet together should remind you that I am the only one that will ever satisfy those taste buds. I think that's so, so amazing that he takes 
the bread off the Passover table and uses it as an instrument of our remembering. Like we don't, part, we don't come to the Lord's table to keep getting more and more of God's saving work. We're being reminded of his saving finished work. So I'm taking bread and I'm saying, okay, I already ate. I received Jesus Christ. Where right. Jesus says, you come to me because the Father drew you. And anyone who comes to me, I will not turn away. Anyone with an appetite, you're welcome here. It doesn't matter how far away you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. There's nothing that will disqualify you. If you have an appetite for Jesus, to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, done. And then here's how you remember that you received Christ. Yeah. Not to continually receive him, but to be reminded that you have received him. There's a complete and finished work in Christ. Totally. And part of the actually hunger and thirsting for righteousness as well as we talked about before this podcast is like they're building blocks that you grow in. So your hunger today for Jesus should be deeper and more satisfied later on in 10 years. If Lord willing, we're, we're alive in 10 years and breathing and following Jesus. Like, you know, those are the things that don't be discouraged. If your hunger is, isn't as satisfied as you want it right now, because the daily practice of reading your scriptures praying, seeking the Lord, listening to his leading in your life will lead you further and further into a deeper relationship of that satisfying work. And I would say even in in seasons in my own life where it feels like appetite is gone or it just feels dry, I, I think there's a parallel here where he says, okay, as essential as food to your body to continue to live, Jesus is as essential. And there are certain times when I'm just like, I just need to eat. Or even like when you're sick and your body just needs calories. Uh, there's that old phrase, like you feed a cold. And I don't really want to consume calories, but I'm going to so that I can be well. And so there are certain times when it says, this just feels dry. I don't, you know, are we doing mac and cheese again for dinner? Are we doing rice and beans? Yeah. In my house, I, I told the kids, I, you guys want rice and beans tonight? And they said, no, dad. I said, okay, how about beans and rice? Rice and beans, beans and rice. And they're like, wait, it's the same thing. Yeah. That's kind of a dumb joke. But the principle is a dad like, joke. It's a dad joke. It's a dad joke. But it's one of those things where like, okay, I know that this isn't doesn't feel like it's the greatest meal ever, but I continue to consume it because I know how essential Jesus is in my life. Yeah. And let me just say this statement. Like sometimes when our faith grows cold, it's part of the problem sometimes, not all the time. So don't hear me on this, is that we forgot how to delight in our faith. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So like take the metaphor of going to the bakery and walking by the door of the bakery. What is the smell you always smell as you walk by a bakery? That Carbohydrates. <laughs> yeah, man. Baking <laughs> at perfection. <laughs> I smell till golden brown. Till golden brown, right? And it's that aroma that attracts you into that store. It's the aroma that like, oh man, I've, this is a delightful experience. And so the same thing is we're called in the scriptures to be the aroma of Christ, to Go to his smell that the olfactories of our of our bodies enjoying his presence. It, you know, for us who are Christians, the smells of Christ are pleasing and sweet and delightful. For those who hate the Lord, you know, Paul tells us, and it's like it smells like death, right? Like that bakery shop that you, has brought you in. Yeah, it just repulses other people. Yeah, if you're on the keto diet, it's repulsing <laughs> you at that moment. No, everyone on keto. They want bread. <laughs> they want bread. But here's another observation is when, when I'm feeling cold and my faith is feeling cold, I want to almost diversify yep. how I'm receiving God's word. We talk about this where, you know, oftentimes I'm reading it and it's almost like self-condemning as I read it. But then I've noticed as I hear it, 
or I listen to it preached, it's life-giving. And so I want the public reading of God's Word um, to be in my life. I want the private reading of God's Word to be in my life, to read God's Word out loud, to have people explain and teach God's Word. I, I kind of want to expand my diet as opposed to just consuming the same exact thing over and over the same way. I want to change how I'm actually taking in God's Word. Yeah, this really actually happened to me when I went to Bible college. Undergrad, I went to Bible college, and I mastered in the life of Christ, studying literally the life of, of Jesus. And I came out so tired of reading my scriptures because I had only approached them at one way, deducing what he was saying, understanding that, and then passing a test to get a great grade. I mean, it's part of the the training in ministries to put this in your heart, mind, to actually know these things. But then I realized that there was a whole nother thing that you you miss in this whole study. It's delighting in like hearing his voice and being encouraged not to just di- you know dissect every phrase and word, but just to enjoy the whole story that the gospel writers are telling us. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I think that goes into one of the ways that we've said to approach the I Am series is when you hear a clear description of who Jesus says he is, ask yourself, okay, what does that mean about me? Who does that, who does that make me? And for me, that's the connoisseur, the person who eats his, his life. Right. And how great is it that, that he says, you're welcome to do that? So many times I think around the world, and, and you see that's the problem is people have hunger pangs that are unsatisfied. There aren't the resources for that. But Jesus' resources are unlimited. So if you have hunger pangs, he's the bread. He's the bread. Come on. Let's eat on eat on the life of Christ. Totally. And if you read John 6 and you get to the end, you know there's another key ingredient to all this that is really important in our spiritual life, and that is the work of the Spirit, that Jesus said that the Spirit would lead us into life. So, you know, when you talk about growing in your faith, you've got to also know that it's not on you alone. We don't want that ever to be said of us. You know what I mean? That the Spirit actually leads us and prompts us. God's great purpose in our life is accomplished by Him giving us His Spirit to do this. And so, you know, John 6, it's in the very back of 63. So this is a big chapter. very, Very few times you get to 63 verses in a chapter, by the way. But it says, it is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. And that's a great reminder that like, okay, you need to ask Jesus. If, you're, if your spiritual life is cold and dark and not very satisfying, it's time to ask the Lord to give the spirit in abundance to revive your heart maybe. Yeah, God do a great work in me. Yeah. All right, so to try to make this as applicable as possible for us today, I think it just begins with this first and foremost, is for anyone listening or anyone who has friends that have expressed spiritual hunger pangs to say, what do I do with my sin? Where is God? Um, where's the God in the midst of this grief and sorrow? Those are spiritual appetite questions. And what we do with them is turn into the life of Christ and open it up and reading the, the Gospel of John is a great place to begin just to see who is Jesus. And Jesus and the Father are one. If you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. And so if you want to know anything about God, if you want to know what God is like, if God is present, if God cares, and if you want to know any of those things, just turn in to the life of Christ and receive Him. 
first and foremost, that you would take on the life of Christ, you would consume him, and, and that's the way of making him the Lord and Savior of your life, asking him to forgive you your sins, and then to feast, right? I mean, this is to abide in him and to daily consume his words because they're, they're life-giving words that are essential to us as Christians. Yep, totally. Because he's gotten up way earlier than you today to prepare a feast for you when you wake up to arrive at that fresh bakery and get fresh bread, right? Yeah, let's dive in. Let's let's make sure that we're in God's Word every single day. Don't wait for the weekend. Open it up. Eat it. Circle all the questions. Make sure you're studying it as best as possible. Get some of those resources that we often talk about from the Bible Project to look at the book. Those can be included in our show notes again today. Grab a, a study Bible, maybe an ESV study Bible that we appreciate. And then start doing the work and getting into community. Um, we're, we're regathering this Sunday for our first weekend together, which is going to be a phased regathering that's safe and simple. Unlike maybe some of the Sundays you remember in the years past, this is going to be uniquely different uh, for this COVID season. Uh, you're not going to miss it. We know that many home groups and others will be at the house. We are fully committed to Calvary Online, still producing our weekend messages for you. And as we gather, just remember, coming back on site does not substitute for your need to be in small community, in groups of men and women praying together, caring for each other, studying God's word and sharing life together. Man, it was so good to be with you. Thanks for that update. Looking forward to regathering again in safe and simple manner. And Thomas, you have a good Tuesday and you probably should slow down on the bread a little bit. I don't know, man. It's good. <laughs>